Hi, I'm Libby. And I'm Brittany. And this is the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. This is what a woman has to do in order to be liked. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Brittany and I are very, very excited to be here today, especially because we didn't realize this was possible, but we did find something so much more controversial than the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard drama to talk about on the podcast today. And we're really excited to unpack it, right, Britt? Oh my gosh, so excited. Absolutely. I've been I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> it's a long time coming. We've been pondering this subject for a while. Brittany is right. We have we have had this in the works for a while, and every time we're like, I think we're about ready to to podcast about this. We we pull back and we're like, no, I got to think a little more about it. I got to do some more digging because we wanted to be extremely extremely prepared and really have a uh, finalized our thoughts on this. And I think we're finally there. I think we are. So without yeah. further ado, without further ado, we are talking about the. Hit, I guess I'll say hit movie, the much talked about movie Cuties that is on Netflix. Brittany is silent. She's like, yep. yeah, I'm just I uh, I wonder what people are going to think about Cuties when we're done talking about it. I'm yeah. not I'm honestly like, you know, I definitely lean more towards one way, but it's it's still kind of a tug of war within myself as well. Yeah. Yep. And I think that makes sense based on the the controversy that is around this movie. Um, For those of you who aren't aware, Cuties received a lot, a lot, a lot of feedback um, with a lot of diversity, we'll say generously. Um, And we're going to dig into all of that and really break down all the feedback that it got and some of the controversy. Um, But I do want to give a spoiler warning. We are about to deep dive into this movie. So if you would like to watch Cuties before you unpack this with us, please press pause and go and do that. It's still on Netflix, I believe. Um, But we're about to give a ton of spoilers. So there's your warning. There it is. But this movie... um, is a coming-of-age story for uh, one girl in particular, but a group of girls in France. And so Netflix's uh, description of this is, 11-year-old Ami starts to rebel against her conservative family's traditions when she becomes fascinated with a free-spirited dance crew. And I think that is a pretty good synopsis of, of the story and what happened for Ami, but there's also so much more happening in this story. Um... So when we start this narrative, we meet Ami and her family, her younger brother, and I think she has two younger siblings. One of them is quite young, and she's living with her mom in France. And they have moved from Senegal, I believe, and they are traditional Muslim people following Muslim standards in this new place and trying to adapt to that culture there while still staying true to their heritage from Senegal and being Muslim, but also being thrown into this bustling new world and being 11 years old and starting school with a bunch of people her age with a lot of different cultural backgrounds. So there's a lot here and it makes sense that Ami kind of struggles with all of the different pieces of her identity. And that's what this movie is really about, I would say, is all of the pieces of her identity kind of coming together and some of them clashing a bit. Right? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think that the plot itself, there's kind of two themes going on. You know, there's Amy, Ami's, sorry, Ami's um, coming of age and... Um, adjusting to life in France. And then there's also her family life and what's going on there. And they definitely, I mean, they interact, but there's kind of, it's kind of a complex plot. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there is this extreme division between her home life and her school life 
and it feels so contrasting and yet both obviously exist within herself. One of the first things that we see is the hustle and bustle of her moving into her new, uh, her new space with her family. And then she immediately goes to um, some sort of worship ceremony with her family. And it's her kind of sitting in that very traditional uh, Muslim structure. And then as you transition from that, you go to her walking down like a bustling street in France, France and seeing a lot of contrast. And I think that kind of sets the scene for the whole movie of how different those two worlds are going to be for her. Yeah. And I think it's basically in this backdrop, you know, um, of, Ami's life in this transition, multiple transitions, um, that the director of the movie makes her, makes a very strong point about, spoiler alert, the sexualizing of young girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the beginning of this story. I've kind of set the scene for you. What happens next is Ami bumps into almost quite literally, uh, she stumbles upon this dance group and she is watching them. She doesn't make her presence known, but she's watching them and they look like they are having the most fun. They are with their friends. They are laughing. They are dancing. And there's just a sense of freedom and youthfulness with these girls that as she's carrying her baby brother and trying to pull along her other baby brother is so, so missing in her life. Like, that's where it becomes very clear that she has a lot of responsibilities that those girls that were doing those fun dances really didn't in that moment and there's this clash of freedoms there and and she becomes fascinated she wants to be a part of this group she wants to um experience that freedom and that friendship that they that those dancing girls have but she doesn't know anything about where to begin with that and so she for me the first thing that that I noticed when she met this other group of girls is the way that they dressed compared to how she dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, because of her cultural background, Ami dresses very conservatively. I mean, she wears, you know, jeans and t-shirts, you know, stuff that's kind of baggy. Um, and then this other group of girls, they dress in like short skirts, short shorts, crop tops. Um, so they, you know, definitely more revealing and tight fitting clothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and very colorfully as well. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's just very different than what she's experiencing. And there's a lot of pressure, maybe, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but there is a lot of conversation in her home life about what she looks like and what she's wearing and what that means. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely good point, Brittany. That's definitely part of this conversation. So she doesn't know where to begin with this all she knows is she wants to be a part of this group and that starts as a small want and gets louder and louder for her at first it's just an intrigue of this is really interesting to me I wonder what it would be like to be a part of that and then it grows to this extreme desire to have that belonging with that group of girls and she has very little interaction and understanding of how to learn the dances that they're doing and what to to even do to befriend them because she is so new and the culture is so different. And so she gets her hand on a phone. She gets her hands on a phone and starts watching music videos. She starts watching music videos to try and learn some of these dancing techniques. And the music videos that she's watching are not squeaky clean you know they're like think of your traditional music video that you would see for a hip-hop or a rap song there's a lot of uh seductive dancing there's like a lot of scantily clad individuals and she's like okay this must be what it is this is what it is that I 
have to be doing. Like, this is what I have to learn. And so she jumps into this world of seductive dancing. I wouldn't even say by choice, but because that's all there was. That's all there was for her to see. And that's what she thought she had to do. Right. Would you say that's what it was, Brittany? Would you say? Yeah, I mean, that's what um, I mean, the the type of dancing that she saw those girls doing at school, like it wasn't, you know, as seductive or explicit as the videos that she was finding online. Um, But, you know, the videos online that she was finding was was showing her like this is what women do. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time she also starts getting into social media because she has this cell phone. And so she's following these other girls, you know, her classmates on social media. Um, It looks like maybe Instagram or something. And she sees the types of poses, you know, body and facial poses that they're doing on Instagram. And she's seeing how many likes they're getting. And so it's kind of this combination of like, you know, role models, you know, grown woman role models in combination with like the social media aspect where like, okay, this is what a woman has to do in order to be liked. Absolutely. I love, I, I love the way you phrase that of this is what a, a woman does. This is what a woman does in this culture. Um, because obviously, you know, the people that she's living with and the people that are from her community that speak her, her primary language, it's extremely different being so conservative from the people that she's going to school with. And so she's like, how do I fit in? What do I do? What am I supposed to be? And that's where she finds through social media and these music videos, what it is that she is quote unquote supposed to be. And one of those really formative things is another dance troupe that's on social media who are much older. These girls are much older, probably like, like 19 to to early 20s well I think they look like that to us because we know what teens actually look like but I think in the movie they were supposed to be like 16 sure because because they were in the they were also um competition they were her competition in that teen dance show yeah yeah okay so maybe Eight, 17 18 but they were so much older they do a good job in the movie of 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 showing just how different these girls look they look basically like adults whereas Ami looks like a child like she looks mm-hmm. like a child she is a young 11 and that's part of Ami's kind of indo- indoctrination to this dance world is these much older late teenagers who are having some of these more seductive uh, dance moves. And oh, and you can't talk about that without talking about the nip slip. You're right. You're right. And that was a huge thing for so many, for, for so many people watching this movie is they're like, they have children that show breasts. And that is true. That is true. Um, but when without watching this movie, you assume it's like, oh, this this 11 year old that's flashing her her boobs all over the screen when in reality it's it's not that intentional number one and number two it is a much older older girl yeah it it was like it was basically you know in one of these youtube videos she was watching of this older dance troupe this girl's like wearing uh, a crop top and you know it kind of looks like the way it's shot that um cinematography wise that it was an accidental um, you know, videotaping of, of her breast basically and full on like nipple is seen. And so that was like, um, I think taken out of context when, when you look at the negative reviews of this movie, which I mean, obviously like it's not, it's not a good thing to like see a 16 year old's breast in a movie, (laughs) you know, that's its own issue. Um, but she looks like a woman, you know, and that's kind of the clear distinction is she looks like a woman, whereas Ami looks like a girl. Um, and I think that also it's really important to mention that scene because 
of something that happens later on that Ami does, you know, which I, in my opinion, was influenced by seeing some partial nudity in these role models of hers. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, Brittany. I think you're right. So the story goes on. She is taking in all of this media to try and figure out what she is supposed to be. And so on one hand, she is getting all of this education from social media, from school, from the music videos she's watching. And then on the other hand, there's a huge, a huge push for her to be a good Muslim woman. Um, There's a lot of cultural events that are happening within her family's life. And it's very complicated, and I don't know how much is worth getting into in this moment. Um, But there's so many things happening for her culturally on both sides of the aisle a little bit. And one thing is that there's this huge conversation of what it means to be a woman, a good Muslim woman. And somewhere in the movie, she, she gets her period, and everything switches for her and her family's eyes. And there's so much pressure on that. So you can tell that there's this boiling point coming of what it is that I am supposed to be with all of the different pieces of my identity. And that comes out in a lot of different ways. One thing that Brittany was mentioning is as the tensions are building and as she's trying to figure out what this is and what people are looking for from her. And there's a huge conversation for her about how to get a social media following like these older, older girls who are the dancers that she kind of wants to be. And they are posting things. And so having a very immature idea of what this means, she posts a picture of a naked picture of herself on her social media that is extremely revealing. And it ends up being a whole thing. Yeah, that was a hard moment for me. To watch. I mean, you, so just to be clear, you don't actually see Correct. anything. All you know from what you see on the camera or on the screen is that she takes an explicit picture of herself and posts it. That's right. It was, it was, oh. Uh, it was rough. It was really yeah. rough. As adult women watching this movie I'm like oh no like I totally understand where your head at is here but I also understand that this is really going to come back to to sting and it really really does um once that is on the internet it is on the internet and people from both parts of her life find out about it everyone at school sees it and there's an intense amount of shame and slut shaming happening Mm um and then someone in her family finds out and then there's obviously that is not what this really good traditional Muslim woman does is post naked pictures of herself online in the eyes of her her mom and and another maternal figure and things start to crumble for her everything is everything is falling down and what really struck me Brittany I don't know if this was your experience but I was heartbroken at this point Because it was very, very clear to me that Ami had no idea. There was no understanding of what was so bad about this Mm -hmm. and why she was receiving the feedback that she was. It's like she was thrown into this whole world that she didn't quite understand. She was given no education about her body and what parts of her body should be shown when. She was she received really conflicting messaging about that through social media and her family and then seeing people on social media celebrated for doing similar things. Yeah, it's like there's no she had no concept of what was too far. Yeah, yeah. And it was very clear in that moment, her age, you know, as as you're watching this you're like oh boy she's growing up fast she is she's trying to figure all of this out and in that moment everything comes crashing down and you're like no you are a child and you don't Mm -hmm. understand what you're doing and there was so much of a conversation in my head around this about sex education and what she was missing to kind of start that domino effect. And we'll get into that more later, but I want to kind of play out the rest of the story for you. And what happens 
is like Brittany mentioned earlier, there is this competition, there is this dance competition that her and her group of friends really want to be a part of. And it means a lot for them to, to perform and to be a part of a part of this kind of buzz of this dance competition. And so they spend the entire movie trying to choreograph the perfect dance. And as you can imagine, a lot of influence from those music videos she's watching are in this dance routine. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we fully see the dance routine until they're on stage performing it. We see bits and pieces of it, but we don't really know what that looks like. And when we're talking about this boiling point, the tensions building, everything happening, I think it all comes to a point when she is on stage with her dance troupe performing this dance that they have choreographed and it is exactly like what you would see in a music video. Yeah, the what we are now calling WAP WAP dancing. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um and all So in addition to those dance moves, they're wearing barely any clothing. Like it's basically a swimsuit. Yep. Like like a bikini at that point. Yep. Yep. They're in front of their community doing these dance moves. Yep. So covered in glitter and small pieces of clothing, doing some extremely sexual dancing in front of a crowd full of people of all ages. And as the dance goes on, they've worked so hard to prepare this very clear at this point that it has not been reviewed by many adults um or any yes the crowd does not respond well you know like yeah there's mothers shielding their children's eyes and in disgust and horror and everyone is just so uncomfortable and we as the viewers are uncomfortable. We are very uncomfortable watching Mm -hmm. this and it registers for Ami. It registers for her. And halfway through the dance, she just breaks down in tears and runs off the stage because it all kind of comes together. And there's this realization that that's not exactly what she had intended. Somewhere along the line here, a different turn was taken than what she had expected. Yeah, it was not the reception that she was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple plot points that I feel like are pretty important, and it's, it's hard to, like, get everything because there's so much in this movie, and there's so many different threads that we could have a really in-depth discussion about. Um, But there are two scenes that have to do with kind of, um, you know, the, you know, how um, it's possible for a woman to, or a girl to try to um, play the, the rape card, so to speak, I think is, and I hate talking about it like that, but there's this one scene where the girls, they sneak into a laser tag facility. So they're in there. They're not supposed to be in there because they snuck in. And then the security guard comes and he's like, you guys didn't pay to get in. Like, I need to call your parents. Give me, you know, how can I reach your parents? And they're like, no, no, no. Like if you, if you do this, we're going to, you know, tell them that you put your hands on us. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like blackmailing him. Um, and then the other security guard comes and he's like, what's going on here? And, um, and then they, you know, they end up getting out of it, but like oh, they, they oh. did this dance move yeah, um, to yeah. show like, Oh, we have to go to this competition or whatever. Like we're going to be in this dance competition. And the guy's like, yeah, right. We don't believe that. And so they do these dance moves that are kind of sexually explicit one of the security guards is ogling them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other security guard is like, dude, grow like that is not okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's a, a very complicated yeah. scene. There's, there's a lot there because they do say like, you're, I don't like, 
that that thread of well we'll say something bad happened here and then something kind of did bad happen something bad kind of did happen when they started doing these dance moves that were a little provocative a lot provocative maybe and the person the, uh, the second security guard did not have great intentions in staying there and luckily the the first security guard was there to say we're not doing this everyone is leaving now and mm-hmm. that put the end to it right then but who's to say what would have happened if the roles were reversed and and things like that which was very very interesting yeah and and then there was this other scene um so the way that she got the phone was that she stole it from a community member um, somebody that, you know, helps her family out. And so later in the movie, and this is kind of the instigator for the explicit, uh, picture she posts, um, this man discovers that she's the one who stole his phone and he tries to get it back. And she tries to basically, um, convince him to, you know, do something sexual with her in order to, keep him from telling her mom mm-hmm. that she took the phone. Um, and he, you know, is horrified. Like he backs away as quickly as he possibly can and gets out of there. He got out of there. Um, and then that's when she took that explicit picture and posts it. Um, so there's, you know, kind of this thing that pops up with like girls, using sex and like the threat of reporting something as a tool. And I, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that in the movie. (laughs) Um, I think there's a few different ways you could look at it. Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what the director is trying to say about that in the movie. I, my perception of that is just how everything that she does kind of feels like she's grasping at straws to try and figure out how this world works. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of us during adolescence, that can be a way to describe it. We're trying to figure out how the way the world works and we, how we fit into that. But I think it's so much more extreme for Ami because Mm -hmm she is moving to a place that is so different from where she was living. And she has to figure that out on such a higher level. And if you think about all of the education you receive as to how the world works and what the rules are, there's explicit instruction and then there's implicit instruction, right? There's this explicit instruction that we receive from parents, like, don't do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, or um, things like that. And then there's all of this implicit instruction from societal norms and cultural mm-hmm. norms that she's pulling from social media and from these music videos. And I think for Ami, having those contradict so sharply is really confusing. And I think that it's possible that that's part of the director's point in this is like, how do you even figure out what the rules are? And then I think consequences for when you don't. Yeah. And I think as far as like the laser tag incident, like I think what strikes me and, and I, I don't know if this is, if this was intentional by the director, but like these girls are, you know, 11, 12 years old. And they already know enough about the world that they know that they can potentially, you know, blackmail this guy into letting them go based on a fear of being reported as like a pedophile. Yeah. You know, like that's really, that makes me really sad. Yep. But I think that that's the director pointing out this reality that, you know, girls coming of age know about that stuff. Yep. They know that there are people out there who do do that stuff to girls and boys. Um, so I don't know. It was, it's complicated. It's extremely complicated. 
And as you can tell, Brittany and I are still grappling with this. <laughs> yeah. We're grappling with it. And there are still some things that we kind of are on different pages with and figuring that out as well. And so Brittany and I are pretty like-minded and we're both sexual assault advocates and we, um, we have a lot in common and we still think between the two of us, there's a little controversy as what things mean. So you can imagine that on a greater scale globally, this movie was extremely, extremely controversial, like extremely Mm -hmm. controversial. People did not, not, not like it. And it was deemed by people who had both watched it and not watched it as child pornography. In fact, I pulled a few reviews. I watched this movie recently within the last month or so, and it's been out for quite a while. And so I remember when this came out, there was such a huge buzz around the movie and how quote unquote terrible it was and despicable and how people didn't like it. And I always put a little question mark because I'm like, hmm, interesting. I wonder, I wonder what it actually is. So some of these reviews from people, it's on a 10 point scale. So I've just pulled a few of the people that really, really did not enjoy it. And as I was skimming through these reviews, keep in mind that I would say it was about 50, 50 of people who had not seen the movie and reviewed it based on what they heard and people who had seen the movie and reviewed it based on what they saw. So the first review is one out of 10. I feel like this show is trying to encourage rebellious behavior against traditional family values. Or even worse, open up certain parents to the idea of allowing such a thing for their child. This stuff is bad for their brain and the family structure. The result are the results are always going to be insecurity and anxiety in the later years of these children's childhood. So it's reviews like this that make me wonder if this person watched this movie and like whether we watched the same movie mm-hmm. because there was nothing in this movie that was encouraging this behavior. Oh. It was all about like the negative consequences. It was painful. It was painful to watch because you you saw how much this girl was hurting. Here's mm-hmm. another one. Here's another one. One out of 10. The movie shows a young Muslim girl about 12 years old dancing and twerking, not listening to her mom and doing things a kid of that age should not do. Really disturbing, exclamation mark. Here's another one. One out of ten. The movie tried to send a message about the dangers of child molestation, but it failed miserably. I do not recommend watching this movie. I also wonder if this person watched the movie because I don't... (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just, this is like, this is a huge pet peeve of mine. Like, oh, trying to find that, like what I would consider valid opinions about this movie has been so difficult. And this is just like, you know, these are perfect prime examples of what we had to wade through in order to find like, thoughtful, meaningful discussions from people who actually watched the movie. Well, Brittany, what I think is really interesting, and obviously it was, we both know it was terrible reading through all these reviews. However, in a different way, it was just a little bit entertaining because Mm -hmm. on some level, it was kind of, for me, a little bit like meta storytelling because the mixed perception that these reviews were giving the movie are like the mixed instructions that these girls were being given. Like on one hand, you have Ami being really, really terrible and she's not following the rules. And then on the other hand, it's all about child molestation. And then the next review says, worst movie ever seen, violence and harmful sexual content, sexuality content. It's like, okay, now we're adding violence. And then another, the next review says, this movie is so bad. Its ideas made me want to vomit every time I saw the screen. The movie should not have been made to begin with. And I think there's a lot there when you think about, I just think there's so much that lines up with what the director is trying to say with the reception that it got. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I- and it's like, it's like at this point, all the talk about the movie from people who haven't seen it has displaced 
what the movie was mm-hmm. actually about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand if you think that the director went too far or if you think that the, what the director was trying to say could have be, been said in a different or better way. That is a review that I could see, right? Mm-hmm. For me, as you can tell by the way I'm talking about, like for me it worked and I enjoyed it, but I can understand somebody not enjoying the way that this these ideas were presented. However, that's not what these reviews are saying. That's not what they're saying at all. They're saying that they wanted to vomit watching the screen and it's rebellious behavior and disturbing harmful sexuality content right yeah it's i mean and it's not just like regular folks that have formed these opinions based off of other people's opinions you know without even watching it like when i was doing my homework for this podcast and i was trying to see like okay what other podcasts have been done about this um I listened to a few and one of them I'm not really gonna like mention it because it's not like a it was not like a great review but I got like three minutes into this podcast episode about cuties and it was posted it was recorded the day after cuties had released I think it was back in September 2020 and these people were just these podcasters were in an absolute outrage over this movie but they hadn't actually seen it and they were doing a podcast episode about it. I don't know how you do that, <laughs> but that's so, that is so in line with so much of what we saw is people mm-hmm. that did not see, um, did not see the movie, but heard the buzz and wanted to jump on in on that. Yeah. And it's, and I think part of the issue about having any kind of uh, thoughtful discussion about cuties is anytime somebody publicly says that like, you know, that this was a thoughtful movie that had other intentions that has a good, you know, a a well-intentioned message um, and that it might've actually been well done. Like they get attacked they get called, pedophiles and supporters of pedophilia i mean i i belong to and this is actually the first time i'd ever heard of this movie i belong to a facebook group um with a bunch of uh crime junkie enthusiasts and one of the biggest threads i've ever seen in that group was about cuties and about how awful cuties is and cancel netflix and all of this stuff and Anytime anybody posted, like, I actually watched this movie. It's not what these people are saying. Like, it's, you know, different or whatever. Um, Or people saying that they would reserve judgment until they watched the movie. Like, they were getting attacked on this thread. And how can you have any kind of thoughtful discussion when people are afraid to have a different opinion? Yeah, there's, there's no room for that at all. But these co- these conversations and these opinions ended up creating so much chaos, right, Brittany? There's so mm-hmm. much chaos that ensued from all of these thoughts. Yeah, and I think that's, this is, I mean, these are all reasons why it took us so long to actually do this podcast episode. Um you know, like Libby said, like she watched this, you know, a few weeks ago, I watched it like two months ago. Um, cause I, um, I wanted to get it over with. I was afraid to watch it. And I was like, I just got to do it. Um, and then like wading through all of the public opinion and the critic, you know, the critical reception and, um, you know, trying to find thoughtful, discussions and analysis on it was really difficult. So, yeah. And I, and, and I think before we have any kind of like meaningful discussion, you know, between us about what we got from the movie, I think it would be prudent to hear what the director has to say about the movie because the director, um, 
in addition to Netflix, got a lot of uh, flack. (laughs) Um, I mean, people were calling, you know, to cancel Netflix as part of this new cancel culture, you know, cancel Netflix. Netflix actually did see a dramatic decrease in the amount of like monthly subscription renewals. Um, So people, a lot of people did cancel Netflix because of this. The director, um, her name is Maya Muna Decore. Decore. Um, I'm trying to pronounce that right. Um, she's French. Um, and she received death threats from people because of this movie. And so in response, she wrote a opinion piece, which I would like to read a little bit of just so we can get an idea from her own mouth, what, why she made the movie and what's, what its intentions are. So this is um, an opinion piece in the Washington Post. Um, it's entitled, I Directed Cuties. This is what you need to know about modern girlhood. I was at a community event in Paris a few years ago when a group of young girls came on the stage dressed and dancing in a very risque way. They were only 11 years old and their performance was shocking. Curious to understand what was happening on that platform, I spent the next year and a half interviewing more than 100 10 and 11-year-old girls across the country. The result was my move was my movie, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Mignanes or Cuties <laughs> in English. I know I did that awful. I'm awful at other languages. You guys can laugh all you want. Um, I wanted to make a film in the hope of starting a conversation about the sexualization of children. The movie has certainly started a debate, though not the one that I intended. Puberty is such a confusing time. You are still a child with all that wonderful naivete and innocence, but your body is changing and your self-confidence, you're self-conscious and curious about its impact on others at all, at all the same time. Um, the girls that she interviewed, um, they saw that the sexier woman is on Instagram or TikTok, the more likes she gets. They tried to imitate this, that sexuality and the belief that it would make them more popular. Spend an hour on social media and you'll see preteens, often in makeup, pouting their lips and starting their stuff as if they were grown women. Mm-hmm. The problem, of course, is that they are not women and they don't realize what they are doing. They construct their self-esteem based on social media likes and the number of followers they have. So that's just a snippet of that opinion piece that she wrote. Um, and I mean, unfortunately, I think she's right. I think the point of the movie was lost, but I also don't know how a discussion would have been started about this without the shock factor mm-hmm. of the movie. And the shock factor that I'm talking about that was most shocking to me was not, I mean, obviously like the dancing and the outfits, the risque outfits and dancing was shocking in and of itself. But the way that the dance scenes were filmed, the cinematography actually contributes to the sexualization of these 11 and 12 year olds. It's similar to the cinematography that you would see in those risque music videos um and so i think that's um that's one of the biggest critiques that i've heard from people who watched the movie who understood the message they were saying you know i get the i get the message of the movie it's not like what other people think but i do think that they could have made the same impact without that cinematography of the dancing okay okay i I get that devil's advocate though is that not part of the narrative? Because I think, so what I think is that there are so many layers to this story and to the way the movie was made. So I think that the first thing that you get is Ami's experience, right? Her mm-hmm. her person in environment, her like trying to figure it out. And then you have this group of girls and then you have the family structure And then you have the culture in that, the French culture right there. And then you have the way that people observed the culture. And then you have the way that it was filmed. 
And I think it's kind of like this beautiful layer cake that, okay, maybe not be beautiful is the wrong word, but it's this really uncomfortable layer cake that you mm-hmm. need all of the pieces of it to have your dessert put together. And it's true, like you could take out one layer of this cake, but it would be a different dessert. Yeah. I and and I actually agree with you and like it, my opinion on that didn't actually change until today I was listening to this uh podcast episode I would like to cite it um because it was really interesting um and so uh it's like a hold on sorry I had it pulled up thank you uh Phone. Okay, so the podcast is Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture with Isaac Weishaupt. I've never listened to this guy before. All I did was, you know, look for Cuties podcasts. But he is like, you know, a guy, he's a grown man. He doesn't have any children. All he, ha- all he knows as far as children goes and like coming of age stuff was his own experience growing up as a boy. And like, you know, nieces and nephews and stuff like that. And so he's looking at this from a perspective of like not being a family man, basically. Um, And he found the whole movie extremely uncomfortable to watch. Um, But his point is, he's like, honestly, like, I don't like on the one hand, he sees what the big deal is. But on the other hand, he's like, this is true. You know, like him from the outside, he's seeing young girls engaging in this behavior and it's just like a part of our society, whether that's good or not. He's like this director, she's showing reality. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, Brittany, when you think about all of the controversy and all of the hate comments that this movie got, it might be interesting to think about if those hate comments are present in the way we view our society, right? Because as the podcaster was talking about, this movie is reflect, it's a mirror and it's a very uncomfortable mirror. Like it's it's not easy to watch. It feels really gross, but nonetheless, it is our reality. And I think it's very interesting that there is a lot of outrage about the mirror, but not about what the reflection is of. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's honestly my immediate reaction to the movie was how can people be so outraged at this when things like child beauty pageants Uh are a thing? Like, and it's a lot of the time it's very conservative families that put their children in these child beauty pageants, you know? And it's like, this is so prevalent in our society and yet nobody bats an eye. And so my theory is that the director was like, if we don't do this like risque cinematography, like people are going to be like, Oh, this is business as usual. Like we have to show them and like put them in a space that like, Oh, we are sexualizing our children. Brittany, that is such an interesting thought. It's like, she had to make it so uncomfortable that people weren't already desensitized to it because the reality Mm -hmm. of it, which is disgusting and difficult and uncomfortable. Most of us, all of us living in that culture, we're like, yeah, it is what it is. And we're so used to it that it doesn't, it doesn't sting in the same Mm -hmm. way. And without that cinematography, it probably would have been similar. We've probably been like, Hmm, not a good look, but also, we're used to this. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I think Brittany and I had a very interesting experience watching this movie because I think a lot of legwork was already done in the way that we think about themes of this movie. As sexual assault advocates, we really take seriously the way that our culture sexualizes individuals and how that what actions come from that and so Brittany and I were kind of ready to take on this movie more or less maybe not as ready as we should have been (laughs) but we we were we had already done some of that legwork so for people that have not done that or spent as much time thinking about the sexualization of 
an objectification of women and children and minorities, this might not be an easy watch. It wasn't an easy watch for us. And we, Mm -hmm. this is our life. This is our world. And this is where we sit in it. But I think it's really valuable. Whether you hate it or you are like, yeah, I see what she's getting at here. This is a valuable watch to see how we how we view children and, and girls and how our culture views them and then how our culture views our culture viewing them. Yeah, and I think especially if you're a parent and you're going to or you, and you currently or are going to have girls and boys growing up in this current culture that we have, I think it is a good inside look at what they could be struggling with as they go through puberty and struggle with their identity. Yeah. Brittany and I had so many more things that we wanted to talk to talk about um, in relation to this movie, but I honestly think that we could probably talk for about five hours mm-hmm. on this easily yep. without running out of things to say. So I think based on our time, we should, we should probably close up here, but if this is interesting to you and you do want to talk more about it, let us know and we can do a part two and we can dig more into this. And if not, we'll just find another controversial movie or TV show to watch. Yeah. There's no shortage of those. <laughs> there isn't. Yeah. We already actually have a full list. So if you are a person that needs to speak to an advocate for whatever reason, please give us a call at safe project at three zero seven seven four five three five five six. Whether you are in our area or not, we will be able to figure out where to send you or how to help you, hopefully. So give us a call if you need to. And if not, go watch Cuties and let us know what you think, because maybe maybe we were way off base. I'd love to hear some 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 more opinions. (laughs) 